evening and welcome to this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. This is the program where each week we talk about the news of the past seven days, the events of our often bizarre lives, and where we provide you with a three-hour oasis of entertaining rationality in the increasingly boring desert of insanity, which is the American cultural and political landscape. Good evening to you, Leah Brandon. How are you? I'm good. I'm actually sweltering. The humidity is disgusting. I've got allergies. Oh, wow. <laughs> but other than that, we're all great. All right, well, You're hot over there in California, too, not right? Not nearly as uh, hot, apparently, as is in, in Alabama. It's actually quite Ugh. comfortable here. We had some uh, wildfires in yes. the area where I live, but nothing uh, too terribly uh, serious. But, uh, you know, normal day in, in paradise <laughs> here, about 73 degrees, went swimming uh, <sighs> with my uh, four-year-old daughter. And uh, as uh, listeners to this program know, this was a big week for my daughter since it was her fourth birthday. And um, we came to a revelation, um, mainly this morning, because yesterday was her actual party. Her birthday was on Wednesday, and then she went to Disneyland with her mom and then uh, on Saturday, she had her, really her first real birthday party with, uh, you know, friends as opposed to family, which was a very nerve-wracking experience. I've, you know, we've never gone through this before. You don't know how many people are going to show up. You don't know these people. Right. You don't know the parents. They're all a bunch of mostly four-year-olds. Uh, that all went much better than I expected uh, because, you know, my daughter was acting a bit like a diva going in. And we were we were thinking, uh-oh, this could be really bad. Um, I wonder but, where she gets that from. Not from me. I'm. Oh, come on, Leah. No, no. I, I, it's from the plethora of presents oh, and everything else. Well, that's where I'm headed with this. And that is, you know, this morning after it was all over, she had a four-day festival of birthday stuff for her birthday. Uh, this morning, she let us all have it. I mean, it was insane. I mean, she was like someone who had escaped from an asylum and uh, for about a half hour, 45 minutes, was just screaming, kicking, uh, doing everything she possibly could to basically war- mourn the end of her birthday festival. And it was um, it was an eye-opening experience because we realized, you know what, um, she is spoiled as hell. <laughs> oh, duh. Yeah, but it, it's... You just now have realized that. No, we... we considered this as a possibility but it you know we're not we're certainly not rich we don't you know spend a ridiculous amount of money on her uh we do treat her i think very tough at times i mean we we are pretty strong disciplinarians um but the reality is as an only child with two spoiled rotten from a from an attention (laughs) standpoint she is spoiled yeah, and and, and too that's many. That's why I want a second kid. And well, that's <laughs> a great point. I, you know, we've talked numerous times. We will again in hour number three. Well, now, how about that for a plug? Uh, <laughs> in hour number three, I'll I'll give an update on our efforts to try to have a second kid, which I think are are largely based, at least for me, not for my wife, but for me, are largely based in the notion uh, that if we don't ever have a second kid, and it's a long shot that we will, based upon the the genetics and the age and everything like that but we're doing the best we can uh if we don't she will be our daughter grace will be uh, irreparably spoiled uh we need some competition basically we we need yes for sure you need some competition it's got to be good old capitalism where yes (laughs) instead of socialism she's living in a socialist state she we need to change it to a somewhat capitalistic state where she has to compete at least a little bit 
uh, for attention and realize that she's not the only person on the planet. Correct. Um, and so we'll see whether or not we're successful with that. Again, we'll talk about that more in hour number three. By the way, for those who missed it, she was the uh, in-studio guest for the first two segments of last week's show. And you can check out the podcast for that because because of the Memorial Day holiday. Uh, a lot of people probably missed the podcast, but you can catch those at our website, www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. And Grace was the in-studio guest for the first two segments. And, and we actually now have added two drops to the show because of Grace's appearance last week. This I, is why she's so spoiled. What do you mean? How's that? Related to how spoiled she because is. Because it's all about Grace's attention. Attention to Grace. This is why, you see. She doesn't listen to the program. It starts with the parents. She, she has no idea that we're, we created two <laughs> drops on the program because of her. I just, I, this might be a shock to <laughs> Back you, in the day, it'd be like, yep, had my daughter on. So anyway, but now, oh Leah, no. <laughs> she has no idea. She has no idea, and I think you'll agree, and tell me if I'm wrong, these two drops are are perfect for the program, these audio drops. The first one is where Grace asks, completely unprompted, the existential question of this program about Donald Trump when she said, Is Trump a bad guy or a good guy? Right there. I mean, that's 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 a pretty good audio drop, don't you think? Okay. No? Is Trump well, a bad I'm guy having... or a good guy? That doesn't... Yeah, I'm... I, well, I'm, I, I love what she says, but, you know, I have trouble understanding. <laughs> well, that's why I set it up that way. This is her question about Donald Trump. Is Trump a bad guy or a good guy? I mean, come okay. on. That's pretty understandable. And then, okay. not to, you know, make sure that we, we, we took care of everybody, we asked her about the lady president, who that's how she refers to Hillary Clinton and the lady president. That's right. Yeah. And, and she does not like the lady president because. She wants to steal all my stuff. Right, there we yeah, go. Yeah, okay, I get that one. That's, I understand that so one. So do you approve of both of those? Am I allowed to keep those? Oh, you can keep whatever you want. Okay. Well, you can. You, hey, it's your show. You do whatever you <laughs> that want That doesn't to sound do. like a rousing endorsement. That sounds like a Paul Ryan endorsement of Donald Trump. You can do whatever you want, uh, buddy. Uh, I'll vote for you, kind of, sort of. All right, we got a lot to get to uh, on this program, as is always the case. Uh, jam-packed news week. We ha- By the way, speaking of the presidential race, we have a, a supposed presidential contender backing out of the race tonight. I don't know if you've heard about this or not, but we'll talk about no. it we'll, that in a hilarious fashion. We'll talk is about it that. Is it Trump? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> Boy, I think I would have mentioned that before, before the 12-minute mark upfront. after the hour. That probably, yeah, that would have been burying the lead if Trump had decided to bail or Hillary. <laughs> um, but it's still interesting and and uh, humorous nonetheless. Uh, also, uh, when we come back, we'll start with the the death of Muhammad Ali because we will tell you things about Muhammad Ali that the rest of the media doesn't have the guts to do so on the John and Leah show. If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor, folks, and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using MyPillow. You may have seen MyPillow's owner, Mike Lindell, on their TV commercials. Well, MyPillow is fit just for you, the kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are. I love MyPillow, and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously, a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one MyPillow and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. 
Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah Show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And the big news story of this weekend, at least in the minds of the major national news media, has undoubtedly been the death of Muhammad Ali. Because, Leah, I don't know if you've heard, but Muhammad Ali was the greatest human in the history of at least the 20th century, if not also the 21st <laughs> century. Have you heard that yet? Oh, I've heard it everywhere. <laughs> it's quite <laughs> remarkable, um, although incredibly predictable. In fact, I did predict it uh, just before his death. I said, well, look out, here we go. If this really is the end uh, for Muhammad Ali, then uh, we're going to see a whole lot of revisionist history over the next week because there are very, very, very few figures that the news media loves more than Muhammad Ali. Now, um, I I view Muhammad Ali kind of like a human Rorschach test. You know, the the Rorschach test where two different people... You look at the ink blot. Right, and then tell you what, you know, they can tell you something totally different. They can see the same ink blot, and they see two things that are completely different from from each other. Correct. And uh, Muhammad Ali is a human Rorschach test. Because, and there's almost nobody in the middle on, on Muhammad Ali. Right. Um, I mean, you either love him or you despise him. <laughs> and um, It's easy to tell which one within minutes. The body wasn't even cold before you took to Twitter. Well, well <laughs> every have, two minutes you I, had to tweet. Well, my, my first tweet about <laughs> Muhammad Ali was, how long do we have to wait before we're allowed to tell the truth? I'm <laughs> asking for a friend. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I said. Thank you for reading my Twitter feed, Leah Brandon. Yes. Oh, I'm about ready to mute you, though, because it's every two minutes. Well, no, it was only for that first hour or so. And then I got it out of my system uh, because there were certain facts about Muhammad Ali that, that I, I felt are important for context. Now, but let me say something, though. I am I am not an Ali hater, so to speak, because I'm actually somewhat conflicted about him. Uh, you know, I, I lived in Louisville for a couple of years. As a matter of fact, I've mentioned this on the air. I doubt you remember because you remember nothing that ever happens on this program because it's past your bedtime. That's but, right. But um, my first big topic I ever took on at WHAS in Louisville, which broadcasts the John and Leah show on a weekly basis, was the – Muhammad Ali Museum, where his funeral will take place this Friday. At that time, this was about 12 years ago, it was at first being proposed. And, you know, being new to town, I decided to take on the really easy topics <laughs> and decided to take on the most famous person who's ever been a Louisville resident <laughs> and uh, the most revered person probably on the planet, Muhammad Ali, because I thought it was wrong for public funds to be used uh, to build such a thing because. Muhammad Ali, it was hardly, we're not, none of us are perfect. 
I mean, no one is remotely perfect. I I, second that motion. Right. Okay, but Muhammad Ali is nowhere near being perfect. There are a lot of flaws to Muhammad Ali. I mean, there there are the good parts, uh, which I don't deny. However, um, this was a guy who was convicted of dodging the draft. It was overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court. But frankly, I've never understood how you can be a conscientious objector when your job is to beat the crap out of people. I don't. I really don't understand how legally you can make that claim that you're against. Yes, but go ahead. These days, being a draft dodger has become a badge of honor. Well, in the news media's mind. See, yes. in the news media's mind, that is exactly right. That he yes. he fought against the evil Iraq War. I mean, not the Iraq right. oh Boy, there's a Floydian slip. The Vietnam War, um, and so therefore uh, he was a hero. Um, Correct. And you got to remember, you know, a lot of the news media members are in the same basic age group. You know, maybe a little bit younger, and they're like, uh, "Cool, way to go, dude!" Because I didn't want to go to right. the war either. Exactly. Uh, and so. Um, and, and plus, obviously, most of them are liberals, so they, they, hate it, they hate war on its face. But that's just the tip of the iceberg here. Um, you know, to me, uh, Muhammad Ali made numerous statements, numerous statements, that if he had been, for instance, a white person and they had been reversed, not only would he not be revered, he wouldn't even be allowed to be spoken about. Correct. He would be wiped off the planet. He would be in Kurt Schilling territory where he's wiped out of documentaries, never existed. Uh, he right. made numerous statements about the well, white. He unlike white people. White that's people for sure. being his enemy, white people yep. being the devil. Yep. Uh, that was in Playboy magazine. Um, this was a guy who um, made incredibly racist remarks to Joe Frazier, all in an effort. I love this one. The media has been telling us, well, yes, it was wrong for Muhammad Ali to make racist statements about Joe Frazier, but he was doing it as a as a matter of promotional genius. And so, therefore, <laughs> therefore, it's okay. So we have a new rule, ladies and gentlemen. According to the news media, if it's good for the box office, it's okay to be racist as long as you're a black guy. Even, by the way, if the, the target of the racism is another black guy um, who probably lived a far blacker life than Muhammad Ali did in, in later parts of his life. So... Um, that that bothers me a, a great deal, and I'm you know I grew up in the Philadelphia area. I was a Joe Frazier fan, so that always stuck in my craw uh, that he did that to a, a good guy, uh, Joe Frazier. And then you know there's other elements here. This guy was married four times. Now I get marriages don't work, <laughs> but to me when you get to the fourth marriage, um, there's a problem. There there's something going on there. That indicates that you are um, not necessarily uh, a, a tremendous human being. Uh, when you make that until death do us part promise uh, four times and three times, you break it. Uh, so that that's a problem for me. I well, also, you know, I'll, I'll overlook that one because he was beating the head so much. Well, that's another thing. Thank you for mentioning that because the number one thing the news media is ignoring, as we you know we we, we anoint him as a saint is that the reason why he lost his speech for the last 25, 30 years was because of the boxing. So, exactly. I mean, it's as if we're supposed to pretend. I mean, his own doctors acknowledge that he got Parkinson's because, as you just said, he got beaten in the head too much. And yeah, but we only do that with football. 
Yeah. Boxing is okay. Football bad. Well, if if you're Muhammad Ali, you get a pass on everything. All right. I when we come back, I want to compare Muhammad Ali to Donald Trump on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor, folks, and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using MyPillow. You may have seen MyPillow's owner, Mike Lindell, on their TV commercials. Well, MyPillow is fit just for you, the kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are. I love MyPillow, and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously, a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one MyPillow and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah Show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. One more segment here on the death of Muhammad Ali, about which the news media is predictably obsessed. And, Leah, I have to acknowledge that um, while I do think of myself as a very objective person, uh, and I, I always I always joke I'm the most open-minded person in the world, and damn it, no one can convince me otherwise. Um, I have to acknowledge that I do have biases, and one of my most significant biases is that if the news media loves somebody universally, I get agita. I, I, oh, yeah. I, you have to correct the record. Well, that, that I, I feel like I have to correct the record, but I also I'm inherently suspicious of that person because I know the news media is inherently corrupt and they're, you know, they're all a bunch of idiots. So for yeah. them to all say something, somebody is great or something is true, I automatically presume, wait a minute, that there's something wrong here. And, and there's nobody about which they are more universally praising than Muhammad Ali. Not that he doesn't deserve some praise. I mean, the guy won the heavyweight championship of the world three times. He was arguably the most famous athlete in the world. Uh, to this day, might still be one of the most famous athletes in the world. He made uh, arrogance funny and attractive. Well, therein lies what a great segue, because I think that there is an extraordinary comparison to be made between Muhammad Ali and Donald Trump. But before I get there, which you know you you have already articulated very well, I want to talk a little bit about why the news media loves Muhammad Ali so much, and they're similar to the Trump to the Trump phenomenon, although it's obviously a little bit different. Now, the first reason why Muhammad Ali is so huge, which people don't fully understand, although we've referenced on this program many times, is that there is celebrity, and then there's 1970s celebrity. Yes. This is really important, folks. Anybody who was famous in the 70s 
is exponentially more famous. A little bit in the 60s, too. The Beatles probably benefited a little bit from that because of the nature of the media and, and music especially. There were so, so few forms of music distribution that if you were as big as the Beatles, you know, no one could get bigger and, you know, go on Ed Sullivan and, every, you know, how many billions of people were watching, figuratively. Uh, you can't do that anymore because no one's watching any one show anymore. So the Beatles could never have an Ed Sullivan moment today. And in the 70s, the 70s was the time where Americans, television had evolved to the point where almost every American had a television, or at least most, almost everybody did. Many of them had t- color television, and there were only four channels. Yes. So, so you were basically forced to watch what was on. And, it, and boxing was so big at that time that you had to pay. You had to pay for most of the really big fights. And they would actually rebroadcast the fights like a week or month later, maybe longer, on broadcast television. And people would watch those broadcasts Again, in yes. droves because it, there, there was such a dearth of content and it was so, it was such an awesome thing. Wow, look, you, you know, this these were events when Muhammad Ali fought a, a Joe Frazier or a George Foreman, a Ken Norton, uh, you know, those types of people. And so these were huge media events. And in the 1970s, if you did something big in the 70s, it stays a hell of a lot longer than it will from the 90s or the 2000s or whatever because of the fragmented age in which we now live. I always joke about the, you know, since we're in radio, the Danny Bonaducci example. I mean, Danny Bonaducci had a career in radio for how many decades based upon the fact that he was the fifth fiddle in a minor little 70s television show called The Partridge Family. That's how that's how powerful 1970s celebrity is. And, sure. and so Muhammad Ali benefited from that. He also, of course, benefited from the fact that because he lost three years of his career to the Vietnam War, the news media saw him as a, 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 a not only a great narrative, an amazing story, uh, but someone who had sacrificed for a cause they believed in against the Vietnam War. Uh, he was obviously also a liberal, a black guy. In embracing Muhammad Ali, every sports media person could prove to the world they're not racist, right? Because they're they're embracing Muhammad Ali. And, of course, the number one reason why the news media loves him or anybody that they love is because he was a tremendous story who was fantastic for ratings. And why was that? Well, one, he was a really good boxer. Two... He had charisma, and he had braggadocia, and he was outrageous to he the point. He was very funny. Some of the things he said are just hilarious. I agree. I mean, he he was he was a man way ahead of his time, much yeah. much, in very many much the same way that Donald Trump is politically. I think Trump has taken either consciously or subconsciously a lot of what. Uh, Muhammad Ali did with sports and turned it into the political arena. But, you know, it's it's basically, look, I'm the best. I'm the greatest. Look uh-huh. at me. Are you not entertained? I mean, that's basically what it's all about. And, you yes. know, in, in much like Muhammad Ali and Donald Trump, you know, they mow down their opposition one by one. And that's what Trump did during the primaries. One by one, he took them on, used Muhammad Ali-like chants and, and branding against his opponents 
took him down, sliced little him Marco. down. Right. Yeah, no little Marco. No energy Jeb. Right. Lion Ted. You know, <laughs> almost exactly the same way that Muhammad Ali would do with his opponents in promoting each fight. And then he would knock him down and... Are you not entertained? I mean, and it was, it was entertainment. It wasn't yes. just sports. It Correct. was entertainment. Now, in sports, I'm okay with that because it's sports. It's right. not the presidency of the United States of America. And that's, of course, where one of the many places where I draw the line between Muhammad Ali's self-promotion to his benefit and Donald Trump's. By the way, one of the other elements where I think Muhammad Ali and Donald Trump are similar is that both are incredibly overrated in their in the perception of their own personal success. Now, not in the same way, because I think Trump is more overrated than Ali. But Muhammad Ali, I guarantee you that the average person thinks, especially after the last couple of days, that he was the greatest boxer that ever lived. Of all time. Without any question. Not even close. Not even close. Now, granted, he did lose the three years because of the Vietnam War, and so it's a little bit more difficult to judge him. But he only won a couple of really big fights. Really. Maybe three or four, five tops, where he beat a top-notch opponent at the height of their game, in a, in a really big bout. He lost five times. He he fought Leon Spinks twice and never knocked him down in 30 rounds. Leon Spinks was a was a tomato can. I mean, <laughs> and this was for the heavyweight championship of the world. Uh, and now, granted, he, he fought too long, and he should never have fought his last two fights for sure, and that's part of why he lost five times. But um, similar to Trump, Trump rags about, you know, I'm he's basically the greatest when it comes to real estate and and his own Deals. personal, you know, making a deal, you know, the art of the deal, all that. He's the greatest. Just listen to him talk about himself. But he's not. I, I, I'm convinced that, that, that Donald Trump, it, it, I don't even know that he's a billionaire. I mean, Mark Cuban said this week he's not sure he's even a billionaire, uh, depending on how you define such things. I think Trump is a fraud. And I think that Trump in many ways, but one of the ways he's a fraud is his own personal wealth. We have a couple stories this week which I think further illustrate that he's a fraud with regard to his own personal wealth. But, you know, one of the many ways you should know this is people who actually are worth $10 billion don't go bragging every single day that they're worth $10 billion. They don't. I I mean, I've I've had lots of contact with super rich people in my life. Nobody brags like Donald Trump does. Now, I realize he's doing it you know, for a larger audience to create his brand, and he's been very, very successful, and it's a large part, it's a huge part of the reason why he's the Republican presidential nominee, uh, but that doesn't make Plus it true. Plus, he had that great PR spokesperson. Well, that's true. John Miller, right? I mean, yes. and who was the other guy? Barron? Yeah. Uh, John Barron. Right. John Miller and John Barron, two of the greatest PR people of Ever. all time. I mean, you know, you've just never seen anybody close to what they were able to do for Donald Trump. Believe well, the me. greatest. Yeah, the, the greatest. Like, kind of like Muhammad Ali. So, so anyway, just to finish off with Muhammad Ali, look, I, I feel... Uh, for the people of Louisville, where he is still beloved there, by far the most you know, famous person that will ever, ever come out of Louisville. I mean, he's one of the most famous people that's ever lived. Uh, I think that uh, the funeral on Friday there is going to be very interesting. Bill Clinton will be giving one of the eulogies. Boy, that's not yes. going to be political at all. 
I'm uh-uh. sure I'm sure Hillary's just really, really broken up about the fact that Bill Clinton will be giving the eulogy at Muhammad Ali's funeral. Um, Billy Crystal will also be giving the eulogy, which should be hilarious because <laughs> Billy Crystal's not only a funny guy, but he does the very best Muhammad Ali impression I've ever seen. And he also does an amazing Howard Cosell. And I'll leave it with this one last thing. And I haven't been able to figure this one out, Leah. I, I don't know how much you know about the career of Muhammad Ali, but without Howard Cosell, there's probably no Muhammad Ali to the degree that we know him. And yet Howard Cosell, the former TV sportscaster, has, his name has hardly been mentioned at all in the last two days. It's almost like he has been erased. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> what? You think it's what's happened? You think he got? Of course. You think Howard Cosell's been erased? <laughs> Maybe he's he has erased. been. So, well, he, you know, his career ended with a bit of a racial tinge because he he called a black wide receiver for the Washington Redskins a monkey, even though it had nothing to do with race. Right. Um, but I didn't I didn't get the memo that Howard Cosell was someone you were not allowed to talk about anymore. Uh, no, it's in, definitely uh, it's not to be said. Don't utter the name. <laughs> Wow, that's just amazing to me. Because, I mean, Howard Cosell was the most famous sportscaster of all time for, yeah. for a very long period of time, and, and maybe still is. And there's no question without him, uh, Muhammad Ali would not have reached the same level of fame. No question about it. And he, and he defended him uh, during some very tough times for Muhammad Ali. So, anyway, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about this uh, next week after that uh, funeral, which, which will be a huge news story. But when we come back, speaking of Donald Trump, Uh, There's a story this week that didn't get nearly enough attention that I think really exposes uh, the fraud that is Donald Trump. We'll talk about it on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor, folks, and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using MyPillow. You may have seen MyPillow's owner, Mike Lindell, on their TV commercials. Well, MyPillow is fit just for you, the kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are. I love MyPillow, and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously, a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one MyPillow and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah Show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website, freespeechbroadcasting.com. Uh, Leah, there was a story involving uh, Donald Trump this week that uh, hit close to home with me for several reasons. And uh, I was surprised, not shocked, but surprised that it didn't get more play because I think a proper understanding of it really illustrates how Donald Trump is not what he portrays himself to be. What I'm referring to is that there is a PGA Tour event that has been held at a golf course that is owned by Donald Trump in Miami called the Doral, the Trump Doral, I guess it's called now. 
they've been holding a PGA Tour event of some sort there for 55 years. Now, I'm a golfer, and I, I have very fond memories of Doral because uh, my family used to go on vacation for about three or four straight years back when I was in my uh, like 12, 13, 14 range uh, at Doral during the week of the tournament. So some of my fondest childhood memories are at Doral and involved with this PGA Tour event. Now, they've been having some problems for the last year trying to, to be able to sustain sponsorship for the tournament. And it's a big tournament. I mean, it, it costs a lot of money to run because the purses are larger because it's a world golf championship event or has been. Cadillac had been the sponsor, but Cadillac had been making it clear that they wanted out. Now, part of the reason why they wanted out, which the PGA Tour commissioner uh, backhandedly acknowledged this week at the press conference announcing that they were moving away uh, from Doral and Trump's golf course with this uh, World Golf Championship is that Cadillac was uncomfortable sharing the brand with Donald Trump. Gee, I, I wonder duh. why. <laughs> I wonder why that might be the case. But here's why this story is, I think, very significant, and I think Hillary Clinton is missing a massive opportunity here on a number of levels. Here's why: because the PGA Tour isn't just leaving Doral; they're going. To Mexico. They're taking Donald Trump's tournament and all the money, the charity money, the jobs, and everything to go with it, they're taking it to Mexico City. Now, the the symbolism of that is rather obvious. In fact, uh, Rory McElroy, one of the best players in the world, even joked about it. Uh, joked that, well, you know, to get from Miami to Mexico City, I guess we just have to hop over Trump's wall. Uh, that's a paraphrase of what he said. Um, and and so the symbolism here is very damaging for Trump. Now, some might say... Oh, no, I think it looks pretty bad for the PGA. <laughs> well, hold on a second. You need to understand how and why this <laughs> and happened. And all of the sponsors, because they're wimps, oh, and they're liberals, well, and they're on. terrified. Hold on a second, Leah. <laughs> See, you're, you're taking the, the Trump... Uh, rationalization stance, which I understand for people that but don't. You've all, always told me how liberal the PGA is and how politically correct this is. They're, no surprise. they're politically correct. Would you let me? Do you want to okay. know? You want to know why this is significant, or do you do you want to talk well, about things I mean, you know, have no idea about? I the, guess it's significant to you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Leah, the the reality is that the PGA Tour itself is actually quite conservative, but they are very politically correct. The sponsors like Cadillac, are afraid of Donald Trump because he's toxic. I get that sponsors are wimps. I'm not defending the sponsors, but here's why it's significant to who Donald Trump is. Donald Trump's two major branding qualities are I'm the dealmaker and I'm a multi-multi-billionaire. Now, Trump is very pissed off that he's losing this golf tournament. He made that very clear. He's, he's trying to couch it as here we are losing jobs to mexico again well why are we losing jobs in south florida to mexico in this situation well the reason is because 
Donald Trump is near, not nearly the deal maker he pretends to be, and he's not nearly as rich as he pretends to be. Because a deal maker, a guy whose entire campaign is based upon the power of his own personality, his own ability to make deals and persuade people to do things that wouldn't necessarily be in their self-interest, was exposed as a fraud because he couldn't even find a sponsor for his own golf tournament at his club in in South Florida that's held a PJ Tour event for 55 five years to prevent it from going to Mexico. And by the way, he could have paid for it himself if he was really a billionaire 10 times over. You want to know the proof of this? When Tiger Woods got into a crapshoot because of his, his, his sexual escapades and lost sponsorships, he was able to keep his golf tournament in Thousand Oaks, just down the road from where I'm speaking to you, because he paid the money himself because he didn't want to lose the tournament. Well, if Donald Trump was really worth $10 billion, keeping the tournament in Doral for at least a year so he could have extra time to get through the campaign, see what happens, is he president, is he not, find a sponsor, use his amazing deal-making powers to find a sponsor for this golf tournament that's had one for 55 years, he would have been able to do that. But he's not able to do that because he's not the deal maker and he's not a multi multi billionaire and he doesn't have enough cash to even float himself alone to be able to keep his campaign running without having to go hat in hand to the Republican National Committee for the next couple of months while Hillary's crushing him before the convention. He's a fraud. He's not a billionaire and he is no deal maker because if he was, this would not be happening. Now, do you at least understand why? This is a significant story with regard to who Donald Trump is and the persona he has created to win the Republican nomination. Does that make any sense to you? Okay. I understand why you feel that way, but here's how I see it. Rush Limbaugh was not a fraud, and he was targeted. His sponsors were targeted with heat that was so hot that he practically lost everybody, okay? This is not a surprise the sponsor backed out. That's number one. Number two, I think it actually plays into Trump's entire hand of the fact that it's leaving and going to Mexico. And it's because of three, him, Leah. It's because of him. That's fine. He could they have prevented it if he wasn't associated. a fraud. No, no, no. Be- he could have prevented those jobs from going to Mexico if he was not a fraud. Yes, he- but I think it plays into his hand better. Well— that's ridiculous. I mean, that's a, that's. A, I mean, it really does. I mean, this you, is what's happening in America. Turned, you've turned into a Trumpster now, where you have no, the amazing just, ability to rationalize just, any news story to where it somehow <laughs> proves Donald Trump to be right or works. For I his benefit. just don't think that this, knowing the PGA, is so politically correct, and mm-hmm. sponsors are terrified. How the hell are you going to be president? More how are you them. going to be president of the United States? How are you going to get elected president of the United States? You know if what? Nobody this happened will to. Your golf tournament. They hate Republicans. What? That's just yes. It. Republicans These and golf just don't go together terrified. at all. The sponsors the, are terrified. Which is why you cannot win the presidency. How is that a okay. difficult concept? Uh, okay. You can't win. Well, maybe not. But I'm saying in this case. It's more about the sponsors and the PGA than it is about Trump. From someone who doesn't understand the story, I guess you could conclude that if you wanted to rationalize 
uh, for okay. Donald Trump. I mean, that's it's just absurd. If he if he wanted to keep it there, he could do it if he had the money, but he doesn't because he's a fraud. Hour number I two. I would pay for it. Bye bye. Next. <laughs>